welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parks and we're here talking all things Sulphur Red Devil. Join me in the show this week as we've got Paul Whiteside, right Paul? Hi Rob, you alright mate? Recording from your trip to France? Yeah, just about. I had to go into work today and do a nine hour day, so I'm a bit, uh, bit tired and all that. But yeah, it was good, it was a good trip. The kids enjoyed it, the missus enjoyed it, my mum and dad came. It was a really good trip and uh, you know, the match was a bit of a disappointment, but uh, I had a good time mate. Cool, cool. Also joining us the show, we've got Ryan Wilson, right Ryan? Yeah, not too bad Rob mate. Good, did you enjoy your trip to Barcelona pre-Catalan? Yeah, it was, it was decent, mate. Uh, a few nights out, plenty of affairs, had a good time, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Everyone seems to have a great time in France, Paul. You know, it was great. Lots of fans over there enjoying uh, the sun. Yeah, I couldn't believe how many, how many supporters were there. You know, um, <clears throat> we turned up at the game. He was walking up to the, the girl with Brutus with, with the kids and that. It was absolutely boiling and the kids were moaning. But it was about 24 degrees. And we turned this corner and there must have been about two or 300 supporters outside of this little bar on the corner it was absolutely amazing you know, to see everybody there the, uh, the following was fantastic you know supporters I think they all had a great time didn't they I know they, like I said the game was a bit of a, a disappointment but you know the, play, the players gave everything didn't they? they were just shattered yeah. But, uh, but yeah I think everyone had a great time cool what have we got on the show this week Paul we've got the news we've got the uh, reviews of both the Catalan and the uh, league games over the Easter period we've got the amateur report and we've also got to look forward to the Massive Challenge Cup game this Sunday against Toronto. Cool, so we'll do. We'll uh, we'll start with the games over the Easter period. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Sulphur Red Devils started their Easter period with a great win against Lee Centurions, 12 points to six. Paul, what a great win to start the Easter period. Yeah, it was. It was everything I expected it to be, to be honest, Rob. I thought it was going to be a really tough game. You know, Lee came and I thought they defended really well. I'm quite impressed with the way Lee played and it, the conditions sort of levelled the game out as well, didn't it? It was one of those those games where you have to grind the result out. It, it was pleasing, really. I, I, I never thought we was in any sort of danger, but, you know, credit to Lee, they came and performed well, defended well, and they made it really difficult for us. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's so important, Ryan, isn't it, that you you start your Easter period well, and, and Sulphur did that on against Lee on Friday. Yeah, they did. It's a really important part of the season. Easter, two games in three days. Uh, you've got to utilise your squad, and I thought I thought we played okay. Um, after scoring 54 points, at all I'd expect us to put a few more put, put a few more points on the board. But you know, you'll take any win. And uh, for me, what was most pleasing uh, was to see a really good uh, home support down at the AJ Bell. Uh, over 5,000 home fans watching the boys so uh, yeah good day all round yeah it was great obviously you know the club did some great promotion didn't they getting the uh, the fans in Paul and that's what we want a lot of people on Twitter kind of uh, having a bit of a meltdown because the, the attendance the club gave was smaller than you know what we thought it could be but you know still a massive crowd that came down that day and uh, you know it's good signs yeah, I think I think people can be very negative sometimes, Robin. There's no there's no need for it. You've got to be positive. And the crowd was a lot better than the crowd we got against Lee. Uh, sorry, Lee in St. Helens, you know, on the Thursday night. Um but it wasn't I think was it was it better than the Castlewood match? I think it was, it was very slim and won it, so I was impressed with it. I didn't think Lee brought as many as it is uh, expected him. So to see that number of, of home fans there I thought it was really good and you know that West Ham was, was pretty full. I'm not saying that as for a long time and uh, the East Ham was open as well and, and the, the, the shed behind the goals looked really full it was a cracking atmosphere and it, it was a really good day so I think people should be a bit more positive and 
we can keep winning matches at all, I'm sure the, the crowds will just keep snowballing and getting bigger and bigger. I mean, even if it gets bigger by a couple of hundred or 50 or 100 every week, it's improving, isn't it? So uh, that's all we want, just to keep getting better. Yeah, Salford's lineup with Gaz O'Brien at fullback, Greg Johnson, Chris Wellen, Junior Sal, Justin Carney, Rob Lewis, Michael Dobson, Lamatazzi, Logan Tompkins, Lee Mossop, Josh Jones, Ben Minamasawa, Mark Flanagan. On the bench was Craig Copjack, George Griffin, Josh Wood, and Adam Warren. Ryan, you know, obviously no place for Todd Carney, uh, but you know, you've got to rotate your squad on here over the festive period. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was a good move as well. Uh, Robert Louis and Michael Thompson played very well against Hull. Um, so, to rest Todd Carney for the Catalan game against his uh, old uh, teammates, I thought it was a bit of a wise move, really. And uh, it seems to work somewhat, but. Um, yeah, uh, it was a good game on uh, Good Friday. Yeah, so for scoring with a, a penalty kick by Gaz O'Brien, but Lee scored first. Paul, Mitch Brown, a uh, little kick to the corner, you know, died between so, two sole players to score. That was after 31 minutes. Um, were you having a bit of panic at that point, do you think? Uh, I wouldn't say panic. I thought it was pretty poor defending. I thought we should have, should have mopped that up. We had a couple of players there. It was a... A decent kick through, but I think it's something that should have been cleaned up. So that was a, a bit of a disappointing try to score. But I think they give Lee a bit of credit. I think the, the young half back there, got Ben Reynolds, I think his name is. I was impressed with him. I thought he, uh, he had a really decent game for Lee. Yeah, a lot of turnover ball, weren't they, Ryan? We, we seemed a bit nervous, I thought, in that first half an hour in the first half on Good Friday. Yeah, it was. It was a really slow game, to be honest. I was expecting us to um, come out firing after scoring that when he tried and it's all 10 tries. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit slow, a little bit off, to be honest. Um, it's probably one of our worst performances of the season, but you know, full credit to the team. Um, so I ended up getting a, a result against a good lease. I think that was a really good performance from Lee. So um, I, was, I was pretty happy with it, to be honest, because in years gone by, we'd have probably lost a game like that. So yeah, for me, Ryan, he just looked a bit scared to, to win the game in the first kind of, let's say, 40 minutes. Um, but obviously, a try just at, just for our time behind Chris Welland, Paul, uh, you know, made the difference. Yeah, he certainly did. It was a good try as well. I mean, Chris, Chris Welland can't speak highly of him at the moment. He's highly enough of him. I think he's been playing really well attacking there. I know his, his, his bits on his defence he's got to work on, but he's, he's a dangerous player, and that was a really well worked try, that, you know. And, um, and I thought Lee were physical, they, and I expected that. I think they came and they tried to rough us up, didn't they? Knock us off our game. They're a very physical side, and I never thought we were going to score that many points. You know, if he scored that many the week before, it's hard to back that up again. I think there's a lot of expectation on the players on Good Friday as well. You, you could sense that they looked a bit nervous early on, but um, but yeah, I was, I was quite pleased with that first half going in uh, at time yeah, obviously big moments, Ryan. Big players come to come to the fore, and Chris Wellham getting over in the corner just for half time. Just what you know, what, what the doctor ordered, really. Yeah, well, so we need to score there. Don't really want to be going into half time with a, a big deficit, like six or eight points. And uh, Chris Wellham, you know, he does a nice defend there and gets over. He's been brilliant for us this year, Chris. It's been a really good signing. Obviously, we lost Josh Josh Griffin. We need to replace him. And, no, Chris is solid, so uh, fair play to the lad. Yeah, so obviously, our time's six all. You know, it's all to play for there, Paul. And, you know, I thought the last, sort of first 20 minutes of the second half, Salford kind of grew into the game. Uh, they looked like, they, you know, they were starting believing in themselves that they could actually win it. Yeah, I think we did. I think we, we settled down a lot in the second half. I think there was only, only one team in it in the second half. I mean, only had a, didn't really have any, any chances at all uh, to, to score and... Um, we had to wait a while for that for that try to come from Gareth O'Brien, but when it did come, it was a very good try, very well worked, and uh, very pleasing for us to get over for that one. Yeah, a lot of pressure, wouldn't they, Ryan? We put on the lead line. I think it was it three or four repeat sets. 
uh, you know it's a lot of pressure and Lee obviously f- uh, buckled under that yeah exactly like we, our shot kicking game was brilliant I think we got about three or four repeat sets in that second half and it was only a matter of time before someone like Gareth Obine was, was going to go over and you know looking back you're not going to win every single game by 30 40 points or you're not going to score 24 points every game especially when the work conditions um, are like what they were like on uh, on Good Friday but it's just good to see us grind these sorts of games out like last year and the year before we'd have probably lost that game um, but you'll pick, you'll pick up a, you know an ugly win over a uh, an amazing loss any day won't you so uh, yeah take the two points yeah like Ryan said Paul you grind out those results that's the difference between finishing the 8 and not finishing the 8 for me yeah certainly it's, it's about being resilient isn't it I think a lot of the time in them sort of games especially home games like that just again just credit to Lee because I thought they played, they played well they played the conditions and they were tough they're a tough side aren't they and they've, they've been unlucky a few times this season from what I've seen and that's the best I think I've seen them play for a while so for us, for us to get that result, I think you know it was, it was a good win, good solid win. That. Yeah, obviously at that point, Ryan, was it five in a row? You know, we're all buzzing. Um, obviously, with things to come and bank holiday Monday and that disappearing, but you know, let, let's look, let's look at back, back at them five games and you know see how, how much the team and the club have grown. Oh, definitely, it's, it's absolutely amazing, and just just the exposure we're getting now, like people are really proud of sports Salford. It just it just feels like a real Salford club with Ian Blees there and Ian Watson and. You know, to get the five wins on the bounce is, is absolutely massive for us. That's the first time we've done it since the first year we were in Super League. I think it was 96, 97. So, yeah, it was, it, it was huge, really. And uh, people are really buying into it. I, I, I took a load of mates who don't usually go. It was the first game of the season on Good Friday. It wasn't the greatest game. It probably was one of the worst games to watch. But we still had a brilliant day. Loved the atmosphere. And hopefully, you know, they'll go out and speak to a few more people in there at work during the week. And we'll get a few more people down as well. So, uh really encouraging signs I suppose winning games like that Paul you know it sends out a message like Ryan said to potential new fans who are you know watching on the TV or reading about us in the newspaper thinking you know you know, Salford have got a team this year I better go down and watch them yeah certainly that's, that's the way to attract people isn't it you know people aren't going to roll up and watch a team that's getting uh to a note every week like we said before there's a buzz around the place at the moment I know it was disappointing on uh, on Easter Monday but I think there's a few factors behind that and um, I think it's just a blip I think we'll bounce back from that and we've, we've been good we've been good in the home games this season and I think there's a lot to, lot still to come but if you'd have said to me after that Wakefield game you know the disappointment there with Masilla failing to score in the last minute you'll go on and win your next five games and they probably said, probably laughed at you and said, oh, I can't see that happening. But we have done, we, we've done that, we've done really well. And um, it's about how we react now, I think, after that defeat in Catalan. And, uh, you know, getting back on the arse as we get to Toronto. Yeah, after the league game, uh, with Chris Wellen about the game. And this is what they have to say. So I'm joined by Chris Wellen. What a great win. Yeah, very good, you know. It's a tough period this Easter, uh, and we set about winning our home games, and that's a, that's a perfect start. We've gone one from three there, so hopefully things carry on rolling the way they are, and we can go over to Catalan on Monday and get another win. Yeah, try just for our time by yourself. Crucial moment in the game. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a, a good, a good team teamwork try, but yeah, I think came at a crucial period. You know, just knocked us in front a little bit and then gave the boys a little bit of confidence going into our time. Yeah, looking forward to Catalan. Gonna be another tough game. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
think we fly out on Sunday, I think. So it's uh, got to recover, recover well now uh, and prepare right for the kind of game. It will be tough going out there, it's always tough. Um, but you know, we're, we're flying out, I'm confident at the minute, so we're looking forward to it. Yeah, five in a row. The team's up, the players, the fans are up as well. Good times ahead. Yeah, very good. You know, we've got to keep level-headed, keep training hard and working hard for each other. Um, and, and the producer on the field, and it shows on the field, we work hard for each other. The results will come our way, which we have been doing. Cheers for talking to Devil Eater. Cheers, mate. Thank you. So I'm by, um, joined by Michael Dobson. What a great win that was. It was, yeah. It was a tough win. Um, they took it to us and it uh, wasn't conditions to really throw the ball right around. And uh, We dug deep and um, we had a few errors, but um, our second half was a lot better than our first and uh, got that we've got us over the line. Yeah, it's endurance at the top level here in uh, the AJ Bell Stadium. Good Friday. You know, how, how are you going to recover from that? Obviously, you've got Catalan on Monday. Yeah, I suppose... Um, I don't know what uh, what has got planned, but we'll probably rotate the squad a little bit and um, go again at Catalan. They're very beatable, and uh, we're just going to keep keep that roll on and try and um, get another win. Yeah. So obviously we're in form. We've won five in a row now. You know the world's our oyster now. Yeah, it is still. Um, we're just going to keep winning. It's it's a long way to go in the season, and uh, doesn't get any easier going to Catalan. So just got to keep playing consistent footy and um, just try and start near the top of that table. Cheers, thanks for talking to Devil the Detail. Thank you. Happy Paul with that performance and, you know, building for the future. Yeah, certainly, yeah. You know what's great, Ryan? Obviously, the players seem totally calm and at peace with what's going on as well. There's no sort of panic and no one's getting too excited about, you know, where we are and, and what we're doing. It's all about being focused and, you know, aiming for the next target. Yeah, definitely. We've not achieved anything yet, really. Um, Ian Watson's got the, got the players and everyone at the, the club really grounded and making sure they don't get carried away with themselves. We want to get excited winning five games in a row. We want to get excited about getting to like a Challenge Cup final or a Super League final. So, you know, we need to just keep, keep grinding out, keep every, uh, taking every game as it comes and just keep playing well and working hard, really, because it seems to be working. And if we can, you know, keep it up and bring maybe a couple more players in, who knows, we can achieve great things. Yeah, looking at the stats for the league game, um, Justin Carney with 188 metres, Johnson with 169, Well with 156, Junior Sal with 122, Cup Jack with 100. Two, uh, Ryan. You know the players there making what was it? Five players over 100 meters. That's that's immense. Yeah, that's a tough effort, like, especially players like Justin Carney and Coffey. Like they've been brilliant for us this year, and that's what you need. You need, you need workhorses. Stats don't lie, do they? So uh, yeah, hopefully we'll make a few more meters for the rest of the season. Yeah, talking about workhorses, tackling Lee Mossop with 36, Tonkins with 36, Flanagan with 36. Um, Griffin with 34 and Jones with 34 Paul you know they put a fantastic effort in didn't they Friday uh, especially Easter period you know it's a lot to take out of them isn't it they did I think that's where that game was won uh, Rob you know as I said before Michael Dobson lost the game in the second half but your forwards winning the matches don't they lay the platform and, and they, they did on uh, on Good Friday against Lee I think we out muscled Lee and the forwards and, you know Lee have got some decent forwards Lee haven't they they like to mix it don't they they like to be in your face and, and they were in that first half they were starting to get on top of us but that second half you know we stood up and, and were counting I think yeah looking at the carries as well Carney with 21 Wellen with 17 uh, Copjack with 14 Junior Sal with 13 Ryan you know there may have been meters also you know willingness to want the ball it's a great sign yeah 
because that's what you want. You want players who are going to work really hard for you, always want to be on the ball and always got that attitude to uh, keep pushing the team forward. So it's, it's good to see a lot of people getting big carries like that as well. Yeah, big thanks for everyone who gave us the three-word match reports from out of the matches after the league game. Uh, Marie Scholes, very hard game. Gary Williams toughed it out. His man of the match was Copper. Julia Coleman, uh, her man of the match was Rob Lewitt. Uh, it's a great arm wrestle. That was her man of the three-word man of the match. Chris and Janet Shenton. Uh, Chris Wellham, keep it going. Uh, Simply Van Sales Limited. Having a great season. Uh, Lamatazi, that's with their, their three-word match report. Uh, got points just uh, was from Nicola Fletcher and Richard Morton arm wrestle won uh, and his man of the match was O'Brien Ryan you know obviously you know it's all about winning them kind of arm wrestles and uh, you know we've got to be happy with that with that win especially against Lee on Good Friday yeah I'm, I'm happy about any win to be honest I don't, I don't care how we win it. It, it to be honest I, I don't actually thought I don't actually think we played that well when you looked at the old game um, we, we know we absolutely battered them it was one of the best performances I've ever seen and then I was expecting us to, to probably beat Lee by 20-30 points, uh, to be honest, and I was, I was a little bit disappointed with the performance. I, just think, I, I think we had to let a flare, really. Um, it seemed a bit like Lee had got their game plan right. They just wanted to really like slow the game down, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll take a win any day over like a, a pretty loss. I'll, I'll take a 12-6 win over a 24-30 loss or something. So uh, as long as we keep picking two points and edge closer to that top four towards the end, yeah, I'm not bothered how we win to be honest yeah it, for me Paul it was all about how they dealt with the pressure obviously a lot of expectancy weren't they uh, before the game and obviously because it wasn't particularly a flowing performance for the players to kind of like get over that barrier mentally uh, and win the game in the end was, was a great sign for me yeah Leon no bugs though they came with a game plan you can only sometimes a team won't let you play well and you know you don't always get that room we got a lot of room against Hull Hull didn't move up against us I thought Hull pretty poor they knocked a game away from us but um, Lee were up they moved up they, they laid, I'm not saying they laid they lay on and laid offside but you know they, they, they played the right tactics didn't they they slowed the game down and and I think that's that they came with it with the right idea, and you know we we couldn't uh, play that expansive game that we played against Hull. But that's what you've got to do. Sometimes you've got as a team you've got to adapt to and play against different sides. You know Toronto will come this week and they'll they'll have their game plan. Well, it's how you adapt. And Ian Watson, I think, has been good this season, uh, adapting to to play against different sides. I mean, look at the way he played against Castleford. They've been scoring points for fun, haven't they? You know, I mean, everybody came to Salford and scored two tries, didn't they? So that's what it's all about for me. So I, I was pleased that that we. We got the two in the, in the end. Yeah, looking at the other three-word match reports around the matches, Colin Reynolds, great defence again. His man of the match was Lamatazzi. Chairman Bob, Chairman Bob, hard-earned win. His man of the match was Copy. Paul Foster wins a win. His man of the match was uh, Justin Carney. Uh, I put you usually lose that, and uh, my man of the match was Wellham. Obviously, I thought Chris Wellham was outstanding. I thought on Friday, uh, Paul King's crappy arm wrestle. His man of the match was Lamatazzi. Nat ground out victory. Um, uh, his man of the match was Wellham um, and Harvey well fought battle and his man of the match was Louis or South so Ryan happy with that we played really well on the Good Friday obviously going forward to Bank Holiday Monday um, plane got delayed bit of a trouble getting there uh, probably not the, you know, the best preparation uh, for, the, for the Catalan game yeah it was an absolute joke to be honest like, so after them playing play Good Friday fly out on Sunday, not get to the hotel till half past 10, 11 o'clock at night, and then play against a team that had 48 hours extra rest 
is absolutely ridiculous and to get like the RFL like just going off what Ian Watson said the RFL do need to have a look at themselves because it, it is a joke really um, how that game was allowed to be scheduled like that for me the Catalan Dragons they should have to play two away games over Easter because it's just it's just unfair like how it's, it's never going to be a competitive game it's never a level playing field so uh, yeah questions must be asked you're asking me. Yeah, I think it's, it's a bit strange. Obviously, Catalan had a couple more days on Salford Paul, and especially you know in professional sport, you know, uh, you know, relaxation and resting up and recovering, recovering is a big part of the sport, isn't it? And Salford obviously didn't have the, the same amount of time as Catalan. Going to Catalan as well, away from home, it's always a tough place to go. Um, so you know, it was all against us in the end, really, wasn't it? Yeah, certainly. I was talking to Watto after the game, and he, he said that. So I don't know whether he actually said it in his interview, but. We were talking to him before that, and he was saying like that second day after you play, that's you know when a lot of the fatigue kicks in, and, and you know the, the recovery time, the recovery day they, they call it. So um, you know sometimes you don't realise what what the players actually go through, do you, until you actually speak to them and, and see see how they are. I mean, I thought in that game sometimes Blimey were getting a bit of an eye today. Then when I saw the players at the end of the game, like some Flanagan, that Parkinson was absolutely shattered. And you, it makes you think that blimey what have they actually just gone through in the 80 minutes so you know for the, for the average fan just watching it on the telly you'd be thinking oh blimey we've had a right hand in there we've not played well we've, there's lack of effort and all that but when you actually speak to them and see what they've gone through you actually know they have put the effort in and worked really hard and just going back to what Ryan said I think it is a bit ridiculous really the way you know Catalan have a base when they come to England I was talking to Ian Farley one of their players after the game and he was saying um, they come over and they, I think they stay at the Marriott is it in work is it worse than the Marriott I think they stay there so I mean, why can't they do that they could come over and, and play two games but they've done that quite often this season they come over and stay for a week and play two matches I think they did it with the Huddersfield game didn't they when they played on the Wednesday so um, I've just noticed this week now um, there's no Super League game on Thursday night this week because they're obviously with the, with the short term now so they They've, uh, they've arranged it there so teams have got a longer rest so I don't understand why they can't do it at Easter because looking at our side what went up before the game you could tell even in the first couple of minutes they looked lethargic they looked tired there was only ever going to be one winner in that game for, for me anyway yeah I think it's, it's more of a money making thing isn't it Easter you know you've got two games in a short turnaround time you know fans both you know all fans having like a you know the weekend off work mostly you know it's it's a it's a kind of a, a money spinner for, for the clubs and I can't see them wanting to sort of stop that Ryan because obviously you know rugby league's not flush with money is it end of the day you know the clubs need as much money as, as they can get yeah I was just going to say it's, it's all to do with the finances really we, you do see them improve crowds over Easter like Warrington D Wigan 23, 24,000 um, it, it is important for the financial side but for me if you look at the players welfare that should probably be the most important thing um, and they're going to have to look at it as well because you know, you've potentially got Toronto joining in two years time potentially Toulouse joining maybe next season for all we know you know, how, how are you going to work it? Maybe the, the two French teams will have to play each other over Easter one on one away. I don't know how to work it, but it's something that's going to have to be looked at. And I've listened to like Roger Draper in the paper saying that they're looking at radical changes in the structure of the sport, and that's definitely something you need to have a look at because I've got to go with the players on this one. If you look at like the NRO in Australia, they don't have an Easter period, they just play the one game, and they have buys throughout the season, or they at least they used to anyway. So. I do think it needs looking at. I feel it is slightly unfair to ask someone to play on Good Friday and then travel to Barcelona on on the Sunday and then play against a team who's had two days extra rest. Like, oh, that's just 
been allowed to happen. It's just farcical. It pretty much sums up the uh, the people who organise our game. So mm. uh, yeah, need to look at. Okay, so so obviously back to the Catalan game now, uh, Paul. You got chance to speak to uh, Joe De Broughton uh, about you know with time at Catalan at Salford, um, and this is what he had to say. Well, just arrived at the Stad Gilbert Brutus, and I'm joined by Jody Broughton, ex Salford favourite. How are you finding your time in France, Jody? Enjoying it? Yeah, really enjoying it. It's a massive lifestyle difference. You know, from um, being in England, I used to work at Cider Playing, and now it's just uh, a lot more tranquil, as I say. It's a lot more laid back, the weather's nice, and you've just got to get used to the French way of life. Everything's done really slowly. There's um, a famous saying um, down here, I think it's something like, Do some on summertime, Patro Via Premedi, which means not too fast in the morning and slowly in the afternoon so they don't, they don't take things very quickly that sounds like the way Salford used to play back in the day we was getting beat all the time but how long are you here now in France are you still got another couple of seasons left yeah after this season I've still got another, another two uncontracted so um, I'm enjoying my time here uh, hopefully we can get a few more wins because we've been a bit of a miss this season and uh, um, fight our way into the top form. How would you like to finish your career? Do you think you'd like to end it in England? Uh, yeah, definitely. I've always said uh, I've played 99 games at Salford. I'd love to play another game just to make it the 100. You know, whether that be on a, a contract or just as a, a bit of a cameo. Um, yeah, I love my time there. I've still got a soft up for Salford and uh, all the support that they bring with them. I've just seen them down at the pub all getting, um, getting rowdy singing the Salford Reds are rising, which is always nice to see. Yeah, they brought quite a big following. And you know, How do you assess Salford's season? I mean, we took a few teams by surprise this season, especially at Hull like, next week, and there's a bit of uh, optimism around the club at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could see it brewing last year, and if it weren't for that point reduction, I don't think you'd be in the, the bottom eight and it wouldn't have got to the situation that it did. But you can always see that the team were building, and you know they were building something for, for the future, and this season they executed it well and the signing they like Todd Carney and people like that you know just strengthen the side you know he's, on his day he's outstanding he's probably one of the best players in the world um, so I think you'll go really, really well and it's going to be a tough gig for us today well thanks very much for speaking to us Jody you know we really enjoyed your time at Salford and hopefully one day we might see you get that 100th appearance I hope so mate thank you cheers mate cheers so yeah Jody Broughton at Salford uh, Paul scored some good tries and had some good stuff to say yeah, he did. Yeah, and he's played. He's played 99 games for Salford, as he mentioned there. I think, and um, I, th I think he'd like to come back and, and play 100 games for Salford. So, watch his face. You never know. He might. Uh, he might play for him again in the future. But yeah, lovely bloke. And um, I remember him fondly at Salford. Really speedy winger. He scored some great tries for us, and uh, he never let us down. Jordy was a good player. Yeah, obviously looking at the team against Catalan, it was Gaz O'Brien at fullback, Greg Johnson, Chris Wellham, Junior Sow, Justin Carney, Todd Carney, Michael Dobson, Adam Warren, Logan Tompkins, Lamatazzi, Josh Jones, Matt Flanagan on the bench was Ollie Crinicket, Rob Lewitt, Craig Kotjak, and Ryan Lannan. Uh, Ryan, obviously, you know, what Ian Watson decided to shuffle, shuffle the pack there and uh, brought Todd Carney in. Yeah, I thought that was a really good idea as well, like facing his former club and to give him give him a starting position as well but it didn't play that well for me Todd kind of expected a little bit more but the Catalan players definitely targeted him and he was getting a bit of sick off their fans as well so yeah I'm sure they'll be better performance to come from Sod uh, but I thought it was a good idea bringing Ryan Lennon in just to freshen up the middles as Ian Watson said um, but yeah it was a disappointing game but I never expected us to win in the end anyway so yeah uh, Unfortunate, but we'll have to move on. Yeah, Catalan, big set of forwards, Paul. You know, big energy, couple of days rest more than we did. Uh, and we struggled, didn't we? But, you know, we could tell the players, you know, put the effort in. Uh, but unfortunately, the fixture list kind of beat us in the end. Yeah, it did. It did, as I said before. I think, you know, early on, I thought Catalan were pretty poor. Really. They didn't have a right lot of ideas. They had quite a bit of ball and blew a few chances. And, you know, we, we, was in, we was in that game. 
um, until that second try really I've not actually watched the game again since I've been on I've been a bit busy going back to work and whatever so I've not actually seen it again but that second try for me I thought they, they lost the ball kettle on but, but yeah don't forget it was red hot it was about 24 degrees I think it kick off you know, it's even warmer down at the side of the pitch in it so it was warm conditions and you know like we've just been talking about not a lot of rest there I mean it's hard work, I suppose, to, to, to back it up there, and you couldn't fault, fault the, the effort of the lads. Really. So I, I don't think that the players will be too downhearted, too despondent about that. So uh, what we don't want now is, is the wheels to come off with a bad result. I, I don't think it will. I'm sure we'll bounce back. Yeah, crucial, crucial try uh, that Louis Anderson won, uh, Ryan. Like Paul said, looked like he, he kind of spilt the ball, uh, but he scored. And, and it's moments like that in games where you know you need that bit of luck. Uh, we didn't get on uh, Monday. Yeah, it just, it just wasn't our day on Monday at all. And for me, that wasn't a try. I don't know how he's given that. And they didn't even seem to have a look at it. You know, when the, uh, it was between Brian Lennon and Vincent Deport to, to ground the ball, apparently they grounded at the same time, which is fair enough for advantage. But for me, he lost that ball, Louis Anderson. Uh, it, was, it was obviously a loose carry of some sort. So uh, I, thought, I thought we were really unlucky. Um, and probably, probably deserved to be a bit of a closer game, really. Yeah, and obviously Salford's highlight of that game uh, was a Justin Carney 100 metre sprint. Uh, Paul, you know, catches the ball, spins out of a tackle, and, and legs it to the other end of the field. What what a finish by the big man! He did well there, yeah, because he, he literally did go was it 100 100 metres there, didn't he? He went the full the full length of the field, and he did really well to score there, Justin Carney. Yeah, that heat as well. And I thought Catalan targeted Justin Carney. I thought they, they they kicked for him and they made him work hard. They turned him round in that heat and. Uh, he did, he did okay to be fair. Um, the, the tries that Catalan scored, I mean, some of them were a bit disappointed. I think they scored, a, I think they scored four of them of our mistakes, really. Um, knocking the ball and the, the Gareth O'Brien one, we let the ball bounce. Robert Louis and Michael Dobson, that interception for Tony Gigo. So, you know, perhaps we gifted them a, a few of the tries, but as, as Watto said, there was a lot of fatigue there. When, you, when you're fatiguing, you've got to make mistakes. Yeah, like, like Paul said, Ryan, you know, you've got you know, looking games, haven't you? The Richie Myler try, a bounce of the ball. If he bounces straight up, uh, O'Brien catches it and unfortunately lands in Myler's hands. He goes over, that kills the game at 24. But the one, the Tony Gillett one, you know, we, we look like we're going to score. Rob Lewis looks like he's going to send Dobson over. He intercepts him and goes 80 metres to score. You know, I mean, that's you can't you can't defend against that. It's just, you know, the look of the draw, unfortunately. Yeah, that, that was a nail in the coffin, that Robbie Lewis break to, to Tony Gigo. Um, I thought there was a few bits in the game, and Ian Watson's always spot on his after-match uh, analysis press conference, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think there was parts in the game where, like, I think there was a bit where Dobson put a grubber through and Josh Jones missed Tony Gigo, where we usually got a repeat set there. And um, I felt we were a bit unlucky referee as well. Uh, there was a moment where Christian Inu dropped Josh Jones on his head. Um, if anyone's watched the the Wigan. Uh, the Wigan Wakefield game from earlier on in the day um, Anthony Gelling got a yellow card for probably less of offence um, and then the same things happened in the game four hours later and there was no yellow card so I feel on another day would have. I think if we'd have been fully fit we'd have had a full week to prepare we'd have gone there and beaten to be honest but it's just it was just far too much to ask and I, I feel for the lads and I feel for Watson as well because uh, for me if we'd have had an extra five days rest we, you know, who knows we'd have uh, They've been talking about a record. Yeah, talking about that, talking about that challenge, Paul on on Josh Jones. You know, like Ryan says, you know the players need to be looked after, don't they? And yeah, I think it sends out a bad message, really, that we you know one player can get one punishment, the other one gets a different one. No, don't don't start me on that. Um, 
me on that, Robert. Mm. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. Some of the some of the things that you see um, at the moment each week on Sky, you watch the games and you'll see stuff, and then you'll look in the League Express or, or look on the, the internet, and you'll find out oh somebody's got a caution, somebody's got this, and then somebody got a massive ban. So I don't know. It's like they pull the pull the result of the disciplinary and have an It's crazy, but that going back to that Josh Jones. I mean. The game, I thought he deserved 10 minutes for that. I thought it was a dangerous tackle, that. And we've had blokes banned for less than that before now, haven't we? Um, I can't remember who it was now. I think Lama Tazi got banned for something similar to that last season. I think it might have been at Wakefield. Or oh, was it this season? I'm not this too season. sure now, but... Was it this season he got... Was it? Was right, it, it was, was it the same last year. Oh, yeah, sorry. sorry. It was this season, wasn't it? I'm sure. Did he get a match back? Yeah, he did at Wakefield for, for a similar... Yeah. Similar attack. I think he got a yellow card and then they banned him for a match. It's just yeah, they he did. They got one, yeah. don't they? Yeah, That's it. Of course they do, yeah. Everyone says it as well. Like, you, you, you talk to people in the airport at Barca, like new soccer fans you've never met, and it's all the same. Everyone's like, you know, the way it's run is just an absolute joke. It's farcical, isn't it? You just need to sort it out. My, my thing is, who, who decides, you know, what's right and what's what's wrong? Obviously, you know, you've got guidelines they follow, must, mustn't they, to decide, you know, what's bad and what's not. But I don't know who checks the checkers, if that makes sense, Paul. I think, uh, well, I don't think there's a lot of common sense used on with referees. I think the, the common sense just goes out of the window. It's like this uh, this big thing this season about running to the referee and all that. I mean, if you... Make, it's a contact sport and if you make contact with a, with a match official on purpose and shove him out of the way or whatever um, and you can't help and you can't help it then I don't, I don't think you should be banned it if he's in the way of you going for the ball there's nothing wrong with that um, so it's like the Justin Carney one why was he banned for that it was absolutely ridiculous so I think sometimes they've got to use a bit of common sense and from where I'm sat they don't I think with common sense the, did you see the Chris Houston one where he ran into the referee and he actually fell over Richard Silverwood? Yeah. And he got and he got off with that and he actually ran into the ref and the ref fell to the floor. And then Todd Carney got uh, Justin Carney got banned because someone because he lifted his elbow because James Chow walked towards him. Let's say that was Sir Kevin. He can do what he wants, really. To be fair, in a lead shirt. Um, talking about refer- <laughs> yeah. talking about referees, though, Ryan. Obviously, you know we, we act about we talk about common sense. They're mar- they're obviously marked, aren't they, by someone in the crowd? So they've got to follow the rule the, the rules to the to the to the line. If obviously they decide to you know let one go, uh, then obviously they'll get marked down. They might not get a, a Super League game the week after. That's what they've got to think of. 
Yeah, to be fair, I think the guy we had at Leeds, he got on, didn't he, for a game, he had to go and bet the championship or whatever, but it just it just seems like it's a complete mess for the referees, to be honest. Um, you, you look at how many have left, um, I think Joe Cobb left recently, last year we had a, a, a couple leave, um, you know, it'd be a super league, it's important, like, I do feel for it's a really, really tough game to officiate when you compare it to football. But I think we need to start looking to like towards the NRL more and looking at two referees. Even if you've got like, you know, an experienced referee, it's better than having just one on the pitch just for a second opinion, isn't it? So uh, it, it all needs looking at really from top to bottom. I suppose with two referees though, Paul, you'd you'd have to double the amount of referees you've got available, full time ones anyway, which probably cost the RFL double the money in a way. I love a good conspiracy theory, me, Paul, but, you know, I suppose with the video referees, it's all, all about finance. Every club would have to have a screen, wouldn't they? You'd have to have a video, you know, referee at every game as well. But I think Australia, don't they have like a red light and a green light uh, system? Yeah, I don't think they have to necessarily have a big screen. They have like a, I think it's yeah, a, bunker, don't they? a bunker, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't see why they couldn't, but I, I'm one of these who don't like it. I, I get rid of, I scrap it to one of them because I don't think it works, but... I don't, I don't think they ever will do now. The, the technology's there now, so they're going to use it, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. So I think they have to have a video referee at every game. Yeah. If you look at like the Aviva Premiership, which has, doesn't have as many viewers on TV, they've got a video referee at every game. You know, why shouldn't we? I we think need to make these investments to make the game better so more people go. Mm. Yeah, I think they should have a video referee at every game, but I also think they should have a screen as well. Because obviously, if we're watching the game and the green light comes on, you've got you've got nothing to, com- you know, nothing to compare it to a red light, if that makes sense. But I suppose it's all about money, isn't it? You know, will the grow RFL? What a fun that! Probably not. That's where we are. Where we are. Um, so, Paul, we're in Catalan. You got a chance to speak to Junior Sauer and Mark Flanagan about the game, and this is what they had to say. Right, I'm joined by Mark Flanagan. You must be a bit disappointed and maybe tired after the Easter program, Matt. Uh, definitely tired. Um, yeah, but I'm, you know, the, the scoreline I don't think reflected the effort from the boys on two-day turnaround. One of which was a 11-hour travelling day. It was, it was a really tough ask to play against a fresher Catalans team in, in the sun, and with a couple of injuries, there was a lot against us. But I think we uh, had a, probably had a couple of tough calls. A few calls went their way. There was a couple of tries that were in the balance that went their way, which which happens. And then, like I said, a, lot, a few injuries, a few few wounded troops, so to speak. But we uh, we hung in there. I think. You know, the, the scoreline refre- re- re- probably doesn't quite reflect the, the game, and you know, I think we really, really, we, we we dug in for each other. But you know, it's we've won five in the trot. That's come to an end now. We've just got to lick our wounds and um, and get ready for a big game in, in the cup on Sunday. I suppose that that first half, it never really got any rhythm. You couldn't really get into a rhythm. It was very stop-start. Losing Junior Sauer and, and Logan didn't put the cause. No, it didn't. No, no, we were a lot tired troops out there, but. You know, they played well as well, credit to Catalan, they're a better team today, and they defended well, they defended our shape well, we should have probably reacted to that and, and changed our game quite a bit quicker and 
we were, we were just a bit off with our smarts and um, you know we, we probably could have played a bit smarter and a bit better but you know it's, 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 a, it's a loss but we can, we can get on with the rest of our season now and, and Next I suppose it's how, yeah, it's how you react now to this. You've got a big cup tie against you know, the Toronto side who are in League One, but they're not really a League One side. They've no, got some not. good players. That's going to be a tough game. It's how you react from this now. It is. I mean, they're going to be fired up as well because you know, they probably see this as a good scout for them and a big occasion. So, no, it's going to be a tough game. But we'll worry about that when we get back to England. I think we just want to go back and ice up and have a good sleep and get back to England and... and and back to the base camp but you know we, I don't, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the lads I think we, we all dug in there and hung in there just, just, we just didn't perform that well and we just had a lot of uh, factors outside of our control that were against us today Well thanks for talking to us Matt safe journey back and we'll see you next Sunday Alright cheers Paul. Cheers Well Junior didn't go quite our way today did it mate and uh, how are you feeling with your injury? You okay? Yeah well, we're wearing no more till tomorrow they'll have pull up but um, yeah, we'll see how we go then um, been a tough Easter for you, you know, a great result on Monday, but it's been, it's been hard with the travel, you know, with a short turnaround coming to Catalan, isn't it? Yeah, it's always tough, you know, uh, playing on Friday and then trying to back it up again. Especially with the travel here, but at the end of the day, you know, we've got being from a better team, a better side to, uh, today, so, you know, we've just got to stay positive and um, make sure we get back um, back to working hard and, and preparing for next week. I suppose the thing is now is how we how we bounce back from this now, isn't it? And yeah. bounce back on Sunday. You've got a big cup game against Toronto. That's not going to be it's going to be a tough game. It's how yeah. we sort of react to that now, isn't it? Yeah, you know we, we know Toronto's going to be up for it. You know we've just got to go back back to our drawing board and and um, just fix up uh, our mistakes. Of it. But you know it's always a tough act, you know, to back up, especially travelling to France. But then the day, um, today's done now. We have just got to focus on next week now. Well, thanks for speaking to us, Junior. Safe journey home, and I'll see Cheers, you next week. Thank you. So, both players exhausted, uh, Paul. Uh, but you know, defeating France after the performance against Lee, it's not—it's not too bad, is it? No, no. I was a bit disappointed in the last ten, watching the last ten minutes of the game, watching it unfold, and then I had time to reflect after the game. You know, you know, walking back to my hotel and whatever, and the kids mad, and then I was just reflecting about the game. And I was thinking, yeah, I mean, I wasn't too down at them really. Um, just, just looking forward to this week. I'm really excited for this Challenge Cup. Hopefully, we're going to go on a good run in this. And with all the factors of what happened in Catalan, I'm not, I'm not too despondent with it. Really. Yeah, you had a chance to speak to Ian Watson in coach's corner after the game, and this is what he had to say. Coach's corner. Right, Ian Watson joining me straight after that. You must be disappointed with that. Ian. Yeah, dis disappointed um, with the result, obviously not kind of the effort of the boys because um, it was a big ask to come here anyway um, a couple of days after playing against Leeds, to be fair, which was an another physical team and Catalan being another physical team, is um, we knew we was going to have to front up, um, that's why we made a few changes to try and get that bit of energy and a bit of freshness for them as well. Um, it's just not come our way today, and um, Catalan have got the result. It was just that there's no sort of rhythm in that first half. Lots of stop starts, weren't there? You know, people getting injured, we're losing Junior Sawan Tonkins. That didn't help at all, did it? Yeah, I think you, you get them kind of games after the Easter weekend yeah. when um, teams are a little bit flat and lacking energy anyway. To then come and play in that heat as well, you're going to get stops in that games, you'll get little kind of fatigue errors and, mm. and things like that, and fatigue penalties. Um, and that's kind of what we saw in the first half. Um, like I say, it's, it's something that we, we, we've got to just move on from. 
I suppose, suppose for you and the boys, that was about how you react to this, isn't it? I think the reactions yep. are the, the, the main thing now, and getting a result against Toronto on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, that, that's the big thing for us. We've I've been on a good run. We've had that little blip now where from here we just we live and learn and we move forward onto that one. Just open the next one's Toronto. We just open this is a bit of a wake up call now, I suppose. That I mean, hopefully we've not got any injuries on that. How's, how's Logan and Junior? Yeah, Junior looks like he's um, done something to his groin, so we'll have to assess that before making a call on it. Logan says he feels miles better in the um, in the sheds downstairs, so hopefully he'll be fine and. Hopefully we'll come through it unscathed. It's going to be these next few weeks where kind of the Easter period takes its toll on you as well as today. Um, it's what we've got to do, deal with and we've got to be smart with the way we recover with the boys because we need to make sure that they're fresh. Um, Toronto have had um, one game this weekend. They've not played a double header as well, so they're going to be up for the game um, against Toronto um, against us and they're going to bring a lot of energy as well. So it's, it's important that we recover now. How do you think Todd went today in the in the half backs and starting? Yeah, a mixed game um, from Todd. There's little bits there that you can see. Um, obviously, his continuity with the team and kind of the consistency of what kind of Rob Louis gives you with the players because he's played with them a little bit longer. wasn't wasn't there for us today, um, and Todd will probably be first to admit that as well. But it's it's a work in progress, and you've got to, you've got to learn and grow together. Definitely, I think sometimes defeats like this can make you a stronger side. I mean, obviously the rumour's going to come to an end sometime. It is, like you say, it's about how we bounce back now from this, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it's just always a group. And we know it's not a kind of a wake-up call to us because you always know that rumour's coming to an end at some point as well. But And it's come really from a lack of a little bit of probably that um, kind of that energy battle, really, um, what's been taken out of us over the weekend. So it's up to us now to make sure that we recover smartly, we get back on the arse next week against Toronto and we get back on another run. Thanks for talking to us, Ian, and good luck next week. Yeah, no problem. So, Ian Watson, not very happy about the you know the rest and recovery time, but you know he's got to be proud of his players' efforts there. Yeah, I, I agree with everything he had to say, really. And uh, it was funny, really, because we were the only uh, English people in the, the press conference you know, after the game. There was no English journalists there, so we ended up having to ask him a load of questions because they're all French and couldn't speak English. But <laughs> um, yeah, what? Well, he comes to the wicket every week and he's very honest every week and you can't help but admire him the things he says and that and I think he was spot on about it I think he was disappointed and I think he'll have the lads revved up for, for, for Toronto because that's going to be a tough game on Sunday and I'm, I'm sure he's going to have them revved up for a, I think you'll see a response from Salford on Sunday I'm sure Ian Watson's kind of learned from this Easter period Ryan obviously with the, the flight being delayed and the preparation being off uh, you know he's going to take that forward in and hopefully make him a better coach Ian Watson's a brilliant coach we know that already he's, he's been doing a fantastic job this is our best season ever in Super League without a doubt um, we've got the best players we've ever had and they're all playing for each other and for the club and it's great to see we've got new contracts signed with the coaching department and players etc so it's probably the best position the club's ever been it's, it feels like a real solve for club now and I think people are really buying into what, what everyone's trying to do and that's been you know, that's been shown by the sort of crowds that were turning up in Catalan and the crowds that turned up at home against Lee. And so going back to the Easter period, picking up two points over Easter isn't, isn't too bad at all when you've got to play Catalan on the Monday. So uh, we should be very, very happy with how things are going at the moment. Yeah, looking at the stats, uh, Justin Carney with 213, Chris Wellen with 95, Greg Johnson with 83, George Griffin with 80, Adam Warren with 71, Paul, especially in that heat, you know what I mean, that's big metres. It certainly is, you can't whack the, the effort of any of the players, I thought they all, they all stood up and had a go on I, I didn't think Todd Carney 
was as good as he expected him to. But you know, like like Watto said, he he's kind of taking time. That's the first time he started the game. He's got he's still going to be a bit rusty and finding his feet. So I think you've got to judge Todd uh, when he's play, he's played a few more. Uh, 80 minutes, you know, and started the game. So the effort was there. The effort was there in the, in the players, and um, we'll, we'll put it right this week. Yeah, tackles. Lamatati with 41. Cockjack with 40. Flanagan with 39. Uh, Warren with 38. George Griffin with 36. Ryan. Obviously, you know, Catman forwards, big forwards, aren't they? Making big meters and uh, putting in 40 tackles a game is a massive effort. Yeah, it was a tough ass, wasn't it? I've just stopped having a look at the stats now. And we had to make 140 tackles more than Catalan. Mm. And when, when you look at them sort of stats, you ne- you're never going to win games. And that probably just shows how tired we were, really. We didn't have enough of the ball. And yeah, we worked hard, but unfortunately, it just wasn't good enough. Yeah, uh, looking. Big thanks for everyone who gave us the three word match reports and man of the matches of the Catalan game. Uh, Lee Mankfox said uh, Sailor V. Uh, his man of the match was Justin Carney. Colin Reynolds, no steam left. Uh, his man of the match was Justin Carney. Chairman Bob, a big ask. Um, his man of the match was two extra days off for the Catalan Dragons. Uh, Craig Goddard, the RFL are wrong. Uh, his man of the match is Justin Carney. Nicholas Fletcher, lack of spark. Uh, and his man of the match was Dupois. Uh, Joe Forshaw we go again uh, his man of the match was Justin Carney and finally it's Harvey we never win away at Catalans um, and his man of the match was Justin Carney I remember beating Catalans at least a couple of times away but it is a tough place to go Ryan and you know the, the boys put the big effort in um, and that's all we, us fans we can ask yeah they did and we, we could never expect them to win but having said that like, I went over and I know I spoke to a lot of the fans over then. Everyone had a great time. It was a real laugh, plenty of beers, a lot of fun. Like, that's where during the day I was there from 12 o'clock to about 4 o'clock, and it was great seeing all the fans over there. Everyone was having like, a really good time. I know a lot of people went to uh, Lorette de Mar and had, had a brilliant time as well. So it's just good seeing everyone abroad, and I'm sure it'll grow year by year. I know a lot of the mates have got it that they couldn't go. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, was, it was despite the loss, it was a really good trip, and uh, yeah, really. Enjoyed it. Yeah, someone's had to keep the economy going while you're off swanning off in Barcelona, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, obviously, like, like Ryan said, Paul, you know, it's great. Obviously, the fans can get over there and support the, the boys, and you know, it's great. Obviously, like Ryan said, it'll grow and grow, and you know, you never know. We keep winning, we have a few good seasons, we could take even more next year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like I'm saying, then it's. Um it's all adding to the buzz of this season. I mean, you, you think back to last season, you know, where we were doing our podcasts and our reporting and this, that, and the other. We had a lot of adversity, different points, deductions, and things like that. Every single week, we was, was moaning, moaning, it was all negative. Whereas this season, everything's been positive. It? It, it, I think it's been it's been great. It's, you know, to, it'd be great if it was like this every season, but we've just got to make the most of it now uh, while we're on good form. And I don't think we should let that result get us down too much. It's just, I think it's just a bit of a blip. And we've got two home games now against Toronto and Witness, and they're both really, really winnable games, aren't they? And uh, if we can get these two under our belt, and we've got a trip to Wigan then, if we can go to Wigan with 16 points and a fully fit squad, I think we can turn them over. But like I said, let's just take each game as it comes. But, uh, I think there's some wins around the corner. Yeah, so obviously that was our two games over East, and now what we'll do, we'll talk about the uh, the news which has come out of the club this week. So all the news coming out of Sofa Red Devils. Um, obviously looking forward to the game against Toronto on Sunday, Paul. It's going to be great, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, Toronto is a new team, I think. 
I think United they had you know, one or two neutrals coming down on, on Sunday just to see how they play and, you know I don't really know what to expect I know the two leagues below us but I think they're only two leagues below us in status aren't they I think the squad that they've got I mean, they've won the last two games be 80 points haven't they so they're probably a bit too good for that league so maybe um, they're a bit similar to like a top top line of the championship team so we're going to have to be on our guard I think on Sunday and um, it's going to be tough but we just want to make sure we get through I'm not bothered what the score is as long as we win because you just want to make sure you're in the hat for the next round yeah the tickets are available uh, it's £20 for adults £15 concessions £10 for juniors um, all in the West Stand and the club 1873 the VIP bit is £25 for adults £20 for concessions and £15 for juniors Ryan you know we got a massive crowd against Lee uh, on Good Friday Obviously, Toronto—it's a bit of a you know a thing. Them coming into the uh, the Challenge Cup, it'll be hopefully get a, a decent crowd uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I'm sure we will. We're play- uh, I'm sure we will. We're playing well. Uh, we've only lost one home game this season against Wigan. Uh, Toronto—I mean, I think it's a really exciting side, being the first um, Super League team to have a competitive game against them. So I'm really excited. I'm sure we'll get a decent crowd around. Yeah, obviously looking at the you know the uh, the arrangements regarding the tickets, uh, season tickets are not valid for the fixture, and season ticket holders have until Friday the fourteenth of April to reserve the ticket, reserve the seats. Paul, you know it's important. Obviously, you know we get behind the boys against uh, Toronto on Sunday because it's going to be a, a difficult game, I think, and uh, the bigger crowd, the better. To miss that deadline, then Rob, when was that good Friday? Uh, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> You yeah, see, so gone, mate. Been gone, it? But yeah. I can't see it, it being full there, so I, don't, I hope that doesn't put anybody off because uh, I think it holds quite a few of the West Ham, doesn't it? So um, I don't think it'll be full, so you can always go and sit somewhere else, can't you? And try the other end out, the opposite end from where you normally sit. So, uh, so yeah, I'd encourage anybody to get down there and uh, get down there early as well because it's a 12 15 kickoff, I think, isn't it, Rob? Yeah, obviously, that early kickoff, Ryan, uh, with City playing and United playing on the same day. Do you think it's a good idea the club kicking off that early? Yeah, definitely. You want to avoid any clashes with Man City, or especially Man United games, uh, especially if you're on TV as well. So I think that's a good idea. Uh, give it a little kick off. That'll give us extra time to prepare for a big Super League game the week after against Winters. Yeah, obviously it's all about getting a getting a roll on Paul. Obviously a defeat against Catalan uh, on Bank Holiday Monday is and we, we sort of uh, back it up. And obviously the crowd will be coming looking hopefully for a big win. And it's going to be a difficult game, I think. But hopefully we'll get a big uh, big big uh, crowd again on Sunday, Paul. Yeah, I think I think it's a game we've got to start fast uh, to me. Um, Toronto have scored like eighty odd points last last couple of weeks, but they've been no disrespect to the team that they've been play, playing. I don't want to slag them off, but some of those sides in that in that league one, especially at the bottom end, they probably have a similar standard to teams that are in the National Conference Premier League, aren't they? Like the Rochdale Mayfield teams, I don't believe Miners. So um, it's a massive step up to play a Super League side. So they have to raise their game as well. They can't come out as if they're playing a Championship One team. So for us, if I was Ian Watson, my what I'd be saying to the players this week is you go out in that game and you start like 100 mile an hour throw everything in Toronto and if we can you know, knock them off the game early on you know, get a few points on, on, on board uh, we, that should stand as a good step for a good victory Yeah the club have been out in the community again uh, they went to Langwith and they went to Bury uh, Broncos as well Ryan you know trying to promote the game you know it's great obviously you know you need to be in the community don't you to be, hopefully get the ticket sales up and uh, up and running yeah, you do. It's important to get into them academy sides and engage with the community. I know they've been going to the gateways a lot just to lift the crowd and to lift the exposure that we're getting in the area. And talking of exposure, I'm sure playing Toronto in the Challenge Cup, asking a 
obviously gives a lot of it on uh, on Sunday. So uh, really excited. Hopefully we get a decent crowd. It is a potential banana skin. I'm not like a hundred percent confident. I think Toronto will be really really fired up for it. They've got a great coaching pool around. We've got Brian Noble who used to be our coach as well. So it's not it's not going to be an easy game. They're scoring a lot of points. They're high on confidence. Our last two performances haven't been the best, but I think I think this is a perfect time to play in Toronto as well. Put a few points on the board, get that confidence back, get another win at home, and hopefully we can have a really good Challenge Cup run this year because we've got an amazing opportunity to to get to a semi-final for the first time in 19 years, or potentially get to the a first final in 48 years, is it now? So. You know, we need to be so focused and left up for this challenge cut. Every single cup game we play this year has to be like a grand final for us because we've got a really good opportunity to go far in the comp. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Uh, hopefully that the club will be up for it. They won't be taking the foot off the gas after a you know tough couple of uh, games over Easter, Paul. No, no, like Ryan says, uh, it's important, the Challenge Cup. It's, uh, it's massive. It's massive for the club. And if we can get past Toronto, you're in the last 16. Um, the way the, the, the competition structured now, the Super League sides come in the next round, don't they? And uh, there's only 16 teams left then. So get another home draw, get through that, you're in the quarterfinals, aren't you? And you're right near Wembley then, so you've not got to go out and win loads and loads of games to get there. So uh, if we can get through this one, get a good home draw, then who knows? It's, it, it, it's, it's really important this game. I think you've got to, like Ryan said, you've got to approach every game like it's the final. Just go go out and, and play like you're playing Wigan or, or whatever on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, can I have a score prediction off you, Ryan? Oh, I don't really thought about the score, but I think we'll win about thirty-six twenty. I think Toronto will score points, but I think we'll put a few points on the board as well. Uh, our defence has been pretty decent I know we've conceded a few last game but at home especially our defence has been good but I think this week during, on the training field we need to be looking at throwing the ball about a bit more maybe a few new few new plays to uh, break the opponent's defences How about you Paul what's your, your prediction for the Toronto game? I've wrote mine down here again Rob it's 34-16 to Salford 34-16 I'm going to go Salford 26 Toronto 6 Twenty six six. Where's your bingo machine? I just, I still in the box today. I've not brought it out. <laughs> yeah, after last week's chaos, I thought I'd leave it in the box for this week. Need a bit more practice. Can't just start and rush these things, Paul. Uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm thinking Salford will get a get a good win, uh, and we'll go into the hat for the next round of the cup. Other bit of news we've got is Ian McKinder, a Salford Red Devils fan. He's doing the London, London Marathon at weekend. Uh, Ryan, you know he's uh, he's looking to put a big uh, total, big time up, uh, and it's great for him uh, raising uh, raising money and uh, having fun at the same time yeah definitely it's good, good to see people doing the London Marathon I know Kevin Sinfield uh, he's doing it as well watch his interview on the BBC Sport and that's brilliant and he, and he's, um, you know, he's a big Salford fan and he's doing it on behalf of the club and charity as well and getting all the fans involved so uh, good luck here yeah you're, yeah, you're our resident uh, fitness uh, fanatic, Paul. You know, it's the 26 miles is a long way to run. Uh, and he's great. Obviously, you know, he's got to be fit to do that, hasn't he? Yeah, of course he has, yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't do anywhere near 26 miles more than Nicky knees. But, yeah, I believe he's been training really hard. I spoke to him a couple of times this season and uh, he's been training really hard. I've, I've been watching his progress on Facebook and he's, uh, I think he's, he's, he's put it in as well, you know, with his blisters and his hard work running, especially road running as well. And um, he has, I think he's gone through the mill to do that. So uh, best of luck to him because it's a long way, and it's 23 miles about, I think, isn't it? Is it 20, oh, 26? 26 and a bit. 26, I think, isn't it? 26, isn't it? Yes, it's a, it's a bloody long way, and it? it's like running from 
Bristol and old Salford to Halifax or something or whatever so it is a long way so uh, so good luck to him and, and all the best and I hope you raise loads of money for your charity yeah my dad did it uh maybe 1994 or something like that did it in about two hours I think it was two hours 40 minutes something it was it was flying um, but yeah he still talks about it now one of his uh, one of his big achievements in life and obviously you know it's one of them things that you think you should do shouldn't you in your lifetime run a marathon it's probably one of them on your to-do list Ryan yeah, I'm not too sure, to be honest. I'm, I'm more, of a, more of a fan of cycling myself, but um, yeah, I can see why people do it. It's a, it's a bit of an achievement, a bit of a story to tell as well. Me personally, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of running. I, I'd say I prefer, prefer the bike and uh, the weights and stuff like that, or playing rugby or football. But yeah, maybe one day I'll have a shot at it, but it probably won't be for the next few years at least. So uh, yeah, good stuff. How mm, did the Manchester 10k once? Did it in about 51 minutes? About five, ten years ago now. I was I was fit then. Not anymore. Probably do it in five days now, Paul. Never mind. Fifty-one minutes. Well, as long as you get over the finish line, mate, it don't matter, does it? <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, cool. So that was the end of the news. What we'll do now? We'll have a look what our amateur size did uh, with Paul. Right. Well, I've got this week's amateur news, results, and fixtures for you. As you know, with Salford's French adventure, um, with it being Easter, there was no results uh, the past weekend due to the Easter break. So I've got all the fixtures for this coming weekend. Most of the games are played on Saturday. And we'll start off with the National Conference Premier League, Saturday the 22nd of April. Rochdale Mayfield play Thato Heath Crusaders in the Premier Division. In Division 2, Alton Raiders play Salford City Roosters and Saddleworth Rangers play Millham. And in Division 3, it's Eastmore Dragons against Waterhead Warriors and Oldham St Anne's against Stanley. There was one result on Good Friday. It was the standard cup final in between the Oldham and Rochdale sides. And it was Rochdale Mayfield and Oldham St Anne's that, uh, that qualified for the standard cup there on Good Friday. It's a, it's a competition that they play every year in that part of the world. And it was hosted at the Oldham Rugby Union ground and they got over a thousand there on Good Friday morning for that game. Oldham St Anne's against Rochdale Mayfield. Mayfield running out winners. They won the, the uh, Standard Cup by 32 points to 8 so congratulations to, to Matt Callan and everybody there at uh, Rochdale Mayfield. We're moving on to the North West Men's League. The fixtures for Saturday the 22nd of April in Division 2 it's Berry Broncos against Bank Key Bulls. Charlie Panthers against Rochdale Mayfield A. Wigan St Jude's A against Manchester Rangers Division 3 Eccleston Lions against Oldham St Anne's A Rochdale Cobras play the Fitton Hill Bulldogs and in Division 4 Caddy's Head Rhinos play Langworthy Reds bit of a derby there and another derby between Little Hulton Reds and Manchester Rangers A and in Division 5 it is Blackbrook A against Saddleworth Rangers A and Blackpool Stanley against Berry Broncos A in the North West Youth Leagues these matches are going to be played on Sunday the 23rd of April in the Under 18's Lancashire Cup it is Inch Rosebridge against Oldham St Anne's that's in the Lancashire Cup. In the North West Cup, it is Langworthy against Leyland and Saddleworth against Woolston. In the Under-16s North West Cup, Wigan St. Jude's plays Saddleworth. In the Plate, it is Caddy's Head against Rochdale. And in the Under-13s Lancashire and North West Cups, it is Lee Minor Rangers against Oldham St. Anne's, Newton Storm against Waterhead Warriors, and Wigan St. Jude's against Rochdale Mayfield. In the Development Cup and Shield, it is Bellevue Bees against Langworthy Reds, Haydock Warriors against Saddleworth Rangers, and Wigan St. Cuthbert's against the South Trafford Raiders. We've also got some news of the England youth and England students. England youth played France under 16s at Kingston Park Newcastle on Friday and the England youth came out winners 28 points to 18 so congratulations there to the England youth and the England students beat the RAF by 26 points to 6 that game was played at the University of Nottingham on Wednesday so congratulations there to the students another great victory there uh, that's about it that's all I've got for you this week short week this week I'm sure I'll have some more news to bring you next week
uh, like I was playing Toronto this weekend. Um, obviously, the new team in the competition, and there's been discussions recently in the news. Uh, Roger Draper, the chief commercial officer at the RFL, uh, they're looking at radical changes to the Super League, changing the structure of the league, potentially bringing in a couple of new teams. Um, Paul, what, what are your sort of thoughts on the current structure as it is, and are there any sort of changes that you'd like to make in the future? Um, I think there's good points and bad points about the current structure. I mean, the Middle East, there's arguments for that. I mean, the million pound game's good, you know, the dramas of it's good. And then there's arguments to say it's not good because of, you know, what the players have to go through and things like that. And then you've got the top eight, where last season was a bit... Yeah, with this, I think Wakefield in there, who was, was that far cut adrift from the top four, most of their games in the top eight were, were dead rubbers, really, weren't they? So, like we were saying before to Rob, um, there's no sort of middle ground, is you're either in the top eight or you're in the bottom, you're, you're fighting to stay up. So to me, I, I'm not so sure on it. If it was down to me, I'd have promotion and relegation. I think I'd have the bottom side relegated and the top team from the championship promoted and then maybe a playoff of the top two in the championship to play like a relegation player for the second bottom in Super League. I'd have, to, I'd have my playoffs as a top five playoff rather than a top eight playoff the way they used to do it in Super League because I thought that was a good structure. Just touching on uh, what Paul said there, Rob, um, we don't, did see in the Middle East last year teams like Witness and Wakefield. You know, you really have to get in that top four to a chance to win the grand final. It previously used to be, you know, an 18 playoff. Now they switched it to a four, which probably works a little bit better. Is there anything that you change uh, personally, Rob? I think I think the problem with the structure at the moment, Ryan, is that you've got too much jeopardy in the bottom sort of the bottom the, the middle eight obviously you know the teams there that if they don't make the eight there could be a chance of going down and going into extension in a way uh, the top eight obviously the likes like you said Widness and, and uh, Wakefield last year they get in the eight and they, they know they've got no chance of winning uh, a sort of a grand final so they their players kind of subconsciously take the foot off the gas don't they and it's just a matter of how you keep that top eight competitive for me because uh, obviously the gap between eighth and first is always quite a long way in it so you know you've got to make sure everyone stays motivated, and that's the kind of thing that the rugby league got to kind of like get their head round. I think. Yeah, it's a big decision. They're going to have to weigh up definitely. For me, I'd go for a fourteen-team competition. You've got Toronto, uh, you know, coming up through the bottom leagues. You've got a strong Hull KR team that are in the championship who should really be in Super League, and you've also got Toulouse coming up as well. And if we're to grow this game from a commercial standpoint really have to look at bringing those teams into Super League and I go for a two up two down format with 14 teams in Super League and now if the first team in the championship gets automatically promoted and then they have a playoff between second and fifth and have a semi-final or final I think with a two up two down format you'd have a lot more people investing in the championship and surely having a Toronto and having two French teams in the league will allow us to negotiate better with Sky moving forward um, because that's, that's what the sport's lacking really it's that finances and well, how good would Super League be for if we had a Toronto a Toulouse and a Castellano away day to look forward to yeah but the thing is with Toronto you've just got to look at the logistics of it at the moment Toronto are playing their games groups aren't they they're playing I think is it five or six home games on the spin and then they're coming over to England being based in England and playing five or six home games here we were just debating before weren't we about the short turnaround we had at Easter going over to Catalan I mean Catalan's a lot closer than Toronto so what happens when you've got to go over to Toronto and then you've got to come back the week, you know, a day a couple of days later and then back up and play Wigan at home or something so I don't know it just, just depends on that because 
if Toronto, say Toronto was in Super League now, how many home games would Toronto lose? They'd probably win most of them, wouldn't they? Because the team coming over would be absolutely knackered when they get there and they'd beat them. So I don't know how that would work, uh, to be honest. But I'm, I'm sure they'd, they'd be at work on that. There'd be, there'd be ways around it. But, um, but yeah, it's ex- exciting. I mean, I'm loving a way there to Toronto. It'd be great going there and uh, doing my Chris Kamara act in the crowd reporting <laughs> Toronto. Might have to put a woolly hat on there and a few scars. and that'd be a bit cold. But... Um, but yeah, it's exciting times, and it, I think it'd be great to see uh, on the French side in the uh, in the Super League, especially Toulouse. And like you were saying before about the Easter program, that'd be great because Catalan and Toulouse could play each other twice over Easter, and the job job solved there. But uh, that'd be great, and I think that would really would grow the sport. You know, you'd have that rivalry there as well, Catalan having a rival in the Super League, you know, a close rival in Toulouse. So, uh, so yeah. But um, going back to what you said about the two up two down, I think that's that's, that's good as well. I think that'd be, make it really competitive and. Not only that, it gives those sides in the championship a, a realistic chance of getting promotion. At the moment now, who care? Have they really got a realistic chance this season? I mean, probably not. I mean, I don't know. I'll have to see how it, how it develops in the middle eight. You, but your destiny is not really in your hands. You could finish top of that championship. you win every game, couldn't you? Then you've got to go into the, the middle eights and, and play sides that are the Super League. Whereas if you've got two up, two down, you've always got that dream of getting promoted. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. Like two up, two down, it just adds a bit more excitement to the competition. I think it's fair to say a lot of people don't like that million-pound game as much as it was our greatest day. Rob, going back to the Toronto project, that you know, we're talking about logistical difficulties going to Catalan. You know, what, how would we manage that? Would you say potentially if you play Toronto away, potentially get a, a buy like the NRL clubs do? Yeah, it's a bit long way to go, won't it, Ryan? Obviously, the old Canada's a long, long way, and obviously you've got to prepare for that. Uh, there's expense as well, having to take your take your club over there, and, and the fans as well. Obviously, people love a day out in Catalan, but it's all about the sun and all about having a good time. You not might not get that in in, in Canada. You know, it's going to be a bit cold. It's more it's more of an experiment for me. But obviously, you talk about expanding the game, Ryan. You know, what's that? Is that the expense of you know the local uh, sort of teams from Yorkshire, likes of Barra and and um, you know little teams like that that have a you know a great history, but not unfortunately got the you know the funding to, 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 to build on that yeah I, I completely agree I, I can see what you're saying there it's unfortunate not to have a, a Cumbrian side in the league but then if, again if you if you manage to spread the game and somehow from having two French teams and a Canadian team were, were able to get more money off Sky and then the game was to become more financially viable then if maybe a, a guy from Cumbria local business would have put the money in with two teams to go into Super League because as soon as they got there they'd be uh, you know financially viable so it's something that we need to look at but I feel as a whole I think people are really excited about the Toronto projects I'm sure it'll go well uh, there's never a dull uh, moment following rugby league as the guys so uh. yeah but, but talking about the Toronto thing I think it's, it's great like they said we, we want expansion don't we but for me like the teams like Toronto uh, and the Catalan Dragons and you know Toulouse then you've got to think about it five five years ten years down the line haven't you they've got to kind of build a history haven't they at the end of the day teams like us we, we haven't finished in the top eight for the last sort of what 20 years Catalan have finished I think it was five times in the last eight years what happens when they have like a dull you know a drop off and they don't get in that top eight in the next sort of five years Where, will their crowds go down will that start affecting you know, the, the rugby league having a French team that no one wants to turn up and watch you know it's, it's, it's kind of a you know a strange thing where they have to keep winning to keep the you know interest going and to keep the our game alive in a way. Right. The thing is with Catalan, the thing is with Catalan, though, um, 
rugby league is very, very strong in the south of France. They're fanatical down there, aren't they? And they always have been. It's always been a strong place for the game. Toronto is a completely new place, isn't it? I mean, mm. no one's bloody heard of rugby league over there, have they? So, um, one thing I'd be cautious of, and what I hope doesn't happen, is I hope they don't get parachuted into Super League like London Broncos were. If you remember going back to London in the mid-90s, London, I think, finished fifth in the, the first division and just got picked, cherry-picked into Super League at the expense of, I think it was Keith Cougars who won that league and, and should have been promoted. And I think there's, you know, some of their supporters are still a bit bitter now. I hope something like that doesn't happen. If Toronto are to get into Super League, I hope that they go about it the right way and do it on merit by winning the respective division for it. I think it's important. Go on, Ryan. I totally agree, Park. I'm just going back to what you mentioned there. I do hope they, they do it fairly. The AFL are going to want to see Toronto in, in, in the Super League, and Toronto Wolfpack have obviously got high, high aims to be Super League champions within six years, which is a bit crazy, really, thinking about it. But um, and that's why I think they'll probably go for like a 14 team Super League and a 2 up, 2 down, because it gives a lot of teams opportunities to get in Super League. Look at some of the teams that have finished second to fifth. They've only got to win two games, and they're, they're suddenly in Super League. You'll probably have a few yo yo teams as well, us probably being one of them, and Lee and uh, teams like OKR and Witness, Wakefield. But I just think it had a bit of excitement to the competition. When we used to play, I remember we played OKR when they came up at the Willows. Uh, the, the season went down unfortunately that was an amazing atmosphere that clear relegation whereas I feel that's completely lost for these middle eights I think with a million pound game Ryan it's, it's it, like I said it's total jeopardy in it that everyone gets kind of like caught up in the moment um, I suppose when you do if you're doing like a 14 team competition there may be a couple of games towards the end of the season where, which are kind of dead rubbers and we don't want that do we we want every game to be exciting no, definitely. We weren't talking exciting. Talking about exciting games, mentioned the million pound game there, Paul. So that was one of the best away days. Following Salford, real excitement, real ecstasy. Jimmy Lowe's, uh, Ian Watson, uh, Jake Webster, a lot of uh, Jamie Peacock, a lot of the big, big names in the game showed a, a real dismay of that game being played and putting mortgage on the line over 80 minutes of rugby league. What are your opinions on it? Should it be scrapped? Should we? Should we keep it going? Um. I didn't think it was not one of the to say it's one of the best days I've had is probably straight I think it's one of the most dramatic away days I've ever had it's not probably one of my favourites because I don't know I didn't want to get carried away with it because we didn't we weren't win anything it was like a, a relegation game I think the cup semi-finals were, to, me, to me were more important than that when we, we got in there but uh, it is an important game but it's not something I'm a, a big fan of really to be, to be honest with you um, I, I'm much more traditional I, I'd like to see up and down because I think it's refreshing because you know other teams get that chance then don't they it mixes it up a bit I mean at the moment you've got the same sides that are in the Super League all the time aren't they? it has been for a few years and if you say you're like a Featherstone supporter I think they won that league came top of that league about four or five times in the last sort of six or seven years and, and we're never given an opportunity and I think it's a bit unfair because just, just using them as an example they've got a nice stadium there they've got a bit of money behind them they get decent crowds as well you know you get two, two to two and a half thousand which is not bad you know imagine if there was in the Super League getting a bit of away support as well so I think promotion and relegation rather than just having that million pound game I think, I think it'd be better for me anyway not that I'm saying the million pound game's good it's good good television isn't it and it's exciting but um, I don't think it's the answer no, I completely agree as well. I think before the franchise model came in, they scrapped promotion relegation completely, which was, I think everyone would agree, was absolutely terrible. You shot these games towards the end of the year. I can remember 
way back we played Castleford and uh, we, we got relegated that day but the sort of excitement those games generated them last sort of few games of the season when you were fighting uh, for relegation I thought that was really good and we, we, we sort of lost that and I feel with a million pound eight, uh, the middle eights we were probably expecting some bigger crowds some, some more exciting games and they, they, were, they were a bit flat really so I, I feel they'll probably go for just a two up two down 14 team super league or something like that but another thing that I'd like to see as well uh, with the introduction of Toronto and Toulouse I think we should allow more overseas players into the game maybe two more players from the NRL uh, I feel that would probably uh, raise the competition standards. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Rob? The question you've got, Ryan, is obviously if you want to expand the, the league to 14 teams, do you have enough quality players to keep the standard up if you're going to add two extra teams? That, that's the big, the big question for me. You say you know, you're going to add a couple of Aussies um, you know, to your overseas quota uh, to, fill, to fill the gap. But, you know, we want the Super League to be super competitive. You want the English Rugby League to compete with the Australian Rugby League, don't we, in the end? Um, So is adding two more teams with not as good quality players to the equation the right answer? For me, I don't think it is. Um, You know, you, you need... Um, a competitive league we talk about the million pound game it's all about jeopardy it wouldn't have been as exciting if it had been a you know relegation kind of playoff uh, personally I think I think the most exciting part of it was because we were going to Hulkiar and in the night you know in a normal standard kind of day uh, Hulkiar away is his is, is, is own win for them so for us to do what we did um, is, it makes it even more special uh, but looking forward you know we don't know what the RFL are thinking do we uh, they've got big ideas and they want to expand the game and it'll be interesting to see what they do in the next few years it's, it's uh, they will never a dull moment for in rugby league will it be a 10 team comp 12 team comp 14 team comp will there be two French sides who knows but uh, yeah really interesting times following rugby league yeah cheers for that Ryan it's been good having a chat about the expansion of the game uh, and like you say it's, it's interesting times ahead Paul that you know the rugby league going to have to be coming out with it shortly and let us know what the plans are yeah, to, to me, if they are going to change something, I think you've got you've got to give it a few years and to, to sort of bed in. Because um, one thing with rugby league, we we tend to like have these radical changes all the time, don't we? I mean, I think sometimes it can put people off. People be off the spot. People don't seem to know where they stand. Do they? I mean, you're not going. It's less than ten years since we had this franchise thing, and the franchise was going to be the, the, the main thing. When you know, you sat there watching Sky Sports News. Remember when they did the end of them licenses out, and us and Celtic got in, and I think Witness missed out. Didn't they? That's less than ten years ago, and then they, they brought this this middle eight thing in. This is the third season of that, and then this is going to get kicked out. They're going to bring something else in. So I think you've got to. Once they've done this change, now I think you've got to give it a few years and, uh, and let it bed in because you can't keep chopping and changing how things go all the time. Not for me, anyway. Yep, so that was great. Obviously, you know, we'll have a look and see what the RFL are up to. That was the end of this week's Devil in the Detail podcast, Ryan. Been, uh, been a great show. Yeah, really, really good week. Again, following Salford. Um, always good coming on. And uh, I look forward to the next one. Yeah, uh, thanks for coming on again, Paul. Another great show we've had. Uh, we had record figures last week as well. Uh, so it's big thanks to our listeners for tuning in, talking, you know, listening to us talking all things Sulphur Red Devils. Yeah, it's great. Really looking forward to Sunday, mate. Can't wait for that. I love the Challenge Cup and. Uh my nerves haven't quite kicked in yet but I'm sure they will because cool so thanks for listening to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast I've been Rog Parkinson you can find us on Facebook Devil in the Detail SRD you can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD and you can find us on SoundCloud iTunes and whitelinefeverradio.com so thanks for listening and we'll see you next week